spidey senses tingling. I feel like I should be saying something, right? You, he's the host that not 100 hours ago got me one of the most painful standing arm bars I've ever participated in. He is uh, the, the dark champion, the wing chunner. He's Dale underscore A. Welcome to your own show, Dale. Paper Keg episode 251. 250 fun, we call it. Paper Keg episode 250 fun. You would think after 250 of these, I would know the voice cues during our intro, but frankly... This is my time to just kind of like mentally prep for what I got to do for my part of the show. And so if uh, if two fifty one is a jumping on point for you, you're probably like, who are these yahoos? Uh, you know, this is a comic book show. We talk about comic books. Uh, it's a book club format podcast, and maybe, just maybe, next episode we'll get to your letters when our uh, our illustrious host Slim returns. You know, uh, he's he's off changing the world one comic book at a time, and uh, we wish him the best of luck. Uh, later in this episode, before you tune out, the book club, Five Fists of Science. We'll be talking about that later in the hour. Oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about uh, much more than that, but... I'm gonna fade out this sound, this intro sounder here, because I'm I don't know where to go from here with this thing. Uh, Slim we hangs his are like amateurs. Yeah. Right Slim now. is totally we're hanging his bunglers. head in shame. He's he's just done. He's probably an inch closer his to moving his thumbs towards the uh, texting keyboard. To tell, just tell us he's out because of me trampling over this thing like uh, some sort of four-legged behemoth that walks the earth uh, 50 million years ago trampling <laughs> i don't know he, he's using that fancy google keyboard to just search for a gif uh right in the keyboard to tell us that we're both fired and the show was done you know it was always our plan to do 251 episodes and we couldn't even do that i mean 250 good ones one poop one that would probably just get included in like the deleted scenes of our dvd comp- compilation it's not this wouldn't yeah, be official episode the metadata is going to say legacy ruiner right yeah. when you guys pull down this episode from the net this would be like uh post mr furley three's company or even better oh, like yeah. the cindy snow episodes where chrissy's gone because the Roper, Mr. Roper brought some, you know, comedic entertainment, but I think when Cindy Snow started, Chrissy's cousin, because Chrissy had to be out of town, I think, you know, this is probably that. I, I, I like, the metaphor I want to use is, like, uh, X-Men, the animated series, like, season five, when they sent the animation to the Philippines, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, like, not quite as good as you remember, 
Uh, there's a missing element you can't quite put your finger yeah. on, and that's that's really the terribleness that is episode 250 fun. Right. So welcome, you know? everyone. Thanks for joining in uh, again. Uh, last week, we put out our final roundtable episode of the Paper Cake Radio Syndicate. Not saying there won't be any uh, you know, single comic issue chatter, but uh, officially... That that was the last roundtable for you know time constraints, mental mental constraints, and uh, if we took the the week, the Memorial Holiday week. It was a nice uh, timing, nicely timed, I think, uh, episode. We put that out in lieu of episode two hundred fifty one. So this week two hundred fifty one is out. Jonesy and I are here. Slim is in Manhattan doing twenty four hour shifts like some nurse. And uh, yeah, I heard he's working in the basement because uh, they can't afford to keep the air on. Mm-hmm. I've heard uh, his, you know, so kudos to them cutting the corners worth again. Yeah. And uh, so here we are. We uh, we agreed via third party G chat with Slim. This is all spoilers behind the scenes type stuff that our book this week would this week our book this week would be uh, Matt Fraction and Stephen Sanders's The Five Fists of Science, 2006 image property book. And, uh, I mean, before that, let's get into the real stuff, all right? A lot of... Put your hand all the way in the kimono. Yeah, yeah, without even... It's like a haunted house, like when you're blindfolded and you stick your hand in the bowl for grapes and they tell you it's eyeballs. Just stick your stick your hand blindfolded inside the kimono. I myself made it into uh, the legendary coal country this weekend. Jonesy's uh, infamous mm-hmm. uh, relatives living in coal country. I made it there. We had a great time in in this very great part of the world that not many people know about. You know? Yeah, it's it's. Uh... You know, there's a great movie called uh, Two Nations, One Heart, and we were like right in, it's, at one point down, I took a tour on the Pioneer Tunnel, and we were at the center of the Mammoth Vein, which is the biggest vein of coal in the entire world, mm-hmm. and we were in there taking a look at a big chunk of it. You know, we did, we had some great food. We wanted to tour the area. We stood on a satellite Possibly with data going right through our bodies. Right. When nobody knows how that works. So many amazing things. Dale, you know, jumped right into some martial arts training this week. You know, dare I say, kids got a bright future. Oh, thank you. Uh, You know, Jonesy, any chance Jonesy took to uh, whip me into shape? There could have been kids running around our feet, uh, beating Mm -hmm. each other with uh, balloons that look like Michelangelo and skeletons he would take any opportunity to train because it's the only time we had avail to us yeah there was no like four hour window where we could just go box in the backyard or anything so i said yeah, let's you mm-hmm. know the most comical was like uh this our second night there the ladies folk went to the grocery store and we quote put the kids to <laughs> bed end quote that we uh i think we had about like an hour and a half where we were just drilling and uh and sparring, and then the girls are like, "So how'd that kids going to bed go?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, they're fine. They're down there." It's like, "Really?" Because they're in the living room watching television. I'm like, "Oh okay, <laughs> right." And then we then quickly as a team, because we are one mind, 
We tried mm-hmm. putting them to bed three times. We didn't know they were out again. They were so quiet this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. Well, see, that's where the training comes in. You know, we're going to work on tripping drills. We're going to work on, you know, catching two kids at the yeah. same time. As, uh, some chopsticks. As uh, some, some of the masters say, just another stone in our temple. Mm hmm. Right, James. The keystone, the cornerstone. Yeah. yeah. Conditioning. So yeah, that was uh, that was our uh, Memorial Day weekend. It was uh, fantastic, if I if I might say so myself. It was very fantastic. Yeah, we took uh, Dale to a local tavern, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, in that part of the world, you might pay like seventy five cents for a beer, and you're like, oh, this must be like the special. And then you know the young lady is like, no, uh, our lad, it's the price. That's the pr- yeah, that's the price. Yeah. And I knew when we pulled in front of this bar, air quotes, uh, the outside was definitely it. Definitely used to be a house. Definitely used to be. Oh a yeah, house. it was so, it's definitely somebody with house. some uh, just some neon lights in the window. The door was wide open to let the cool air in because it was it was cool outside, warm in the bar, and I could see well one hundred degrees. I could see yeah. through this dirty screened house window. A uh, a lady with a cigarette in her hand, and I knew immediately what I was in for. I am used to. Uh, there's, uh, I don't know how you know the the rest of the folk live. Uh, Center City, Philadelphia has a law where you cannot smoke in bars anymore. There, well, there are certain bars if they don't serve food, they can still smoke. But for the most part, I am not privy to. I like. I don't subject myself to that. I don't go in a lot of bars. But you walk in there, man, and that cigarette smoke is just hanging down like the heaviest mm. gas, the carbon monoxide. Uh, it's just clinging to your skin, to your clothes, and they're just smoking away in there. So uh, it just adds to the charm, you know, of the cheap beer. It was a, it was a good time. I would go back to that bar. You know, I left my uh, I left my clothes as I stripped in your in laws' garage for the <laughs> night as I jumped into the shower. Because I can't handle. Well, my favorite part is when you inform my father all the next day. Is like Frank, I don't want you to be scared, but I did leave all of my clothes in your garage last yeah. night. I'm like, don't get freaked out. I didn't just, uh, you know, <laughs> I was so drunk that I just stripped in the garage or anything. I just do that. Monique, my wife, makes me most times because I stink, and I can't pull back that curtain. Yeah, and then I just can't go to sleep with like hair smelling like smoke because then it just taints my pillow for life. So. Just just a reminder, Five Fists of Science, right around the corner. Uh, I got to tell one more Dale bar story. So we uh, we just like the music of that generation of young folk at this bar. I think it was all death metal. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was pretty. And you know, Dale and I were we're older guys. We're a little more laid back. So I think you put on Chicago. No, was your first was your first song Chicago? Chicago? No, I didn't put on Chicago. Who was it? I can't remember now. Well, here's a, here's a reaching inside the kimono once again uh, with no gloves on. I always, mostly always, 99% of the time, if I can find Traffics, the low spark of eye-heeled boys on a jukebox, I will play it because it's 11 minutes of bliss for, or it's up there for the price of, you know, a, a song to play. So I always play that, get my money's worth. And then from there, I'll your just new, run, I'll run with it. Your new moniker is Jukebox Bully. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. I will occupy that jukebox <laughs> for 12 minutes of everyone's life, and they will deal with it. But as soon as that started, I mean, you could tell. 
Led Zeppelin, Fool in the Rain was your next play. I think I will. And then I followed up with Kansas, uh, Carry All My Wayward Son. Then, I, then for some reason I shifted gears into Prince. I played Darling Nikki, you know. And the locals were not having it. You know, we did not play, you know, Slayer. Mm-hmm. You know, we did not play Megadeth. And um, it, it, people were so polite up there. Instead of, like, calling us out on it, they just formed this honor guard in front of the jukebox, whereas to like they just pumped it full of money. Yeah, yeah, they're crumpled, sweaty ones, and they just stood there, hovered around it, so we couldn't approach it and play more. Clever. Like, oh, yeah. It was a polite barrier. <laughs> like they killed us with their guns. Yeah, total instinct took in took in with the uh, the the crew up there. Like the uh, the miner the mining days of old, they would they formed a chain to to haul the coal out of the cart. And they just started like hauling quarters between people in the jukebox. They're just pumping money into this thing so we could never access the jukebox again, which is a shame because I got to say, our soundtrack for the evening was the, the highlight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were three or four beers and we were, we were hitting our stride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You it was, know. yeah. It was, it was, a, yeah. We were finally getting to the point we could start talking to the people, loose and loosey goosey, maybe play a game of pool with, with some uh, bar shark. What could have been? Could have been. That's the dream. Next time. So, five fists of science. You know, just a fraction of a second. I'll give you the uh, the old uh, whatever I do here. Are you in a book club? We are. We are. Want to read along with us? We are. My favorite. My favorite part is. I tried to do a breathy thing at the end, and it comes off as like the worst lisp yeah. I've ever heard. With us, uh, I sound like a like somebody playing the serpent in the <laughs> like the the Garden of Eden, yeah. like somebody playing the devil. Like, just take a bite of the apple, apostle tongue, whatever it's called. <laughs> so, anyhow, uh. So who are the five fists of science? So Mark Twain being the uh, internal optimist. So a lot of this is based on real history, by the way. So uh, the czar, uh, I think it's czar Nicholas of Russia, really did ha- have a conference where he was kind of worried about the Russian people catching up technology-wise when it came to warfare, you know, pre-World War One, like 1910, 1911. And... Uh, I think, it was, this conference. I think it was 1899, in fact. Wasn't that far back? So. It might have been. It might have been turn of the century. So for those of you who are, that are not well studied in the uh, the decades that led up to World War I, um, you know, the Russian peoples were so spread out that there really wasn't a center for, like, military armament. So Western Europe, uh, specifically Germany, you know, we're developing these technologies and warfare was getting much more serious. And um, Tsar Nicholas wanted, held a conference where he said, hey guys, we got to disarm. You know, we can't, we got to set the bar low. We can't just keep developing these new technologies. You know, the agenda being he didn't want Russia to fall behind. So he wanted to kind of stymie the growth of it. This is all a comic book book club. I don't know why I'm setting this up for a half an hour about the state no, of Russia. No, I love it. I mean, if, 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 World War One, if anything, it's for I mean, this, for us, for our history loving brain. This is paper keg when Slim is not here to rein us back. <laughs> I mean, we're not being reined in at all. We're just we're unbridled horses. Yeah, you know, 
like the French army that still used the cavalry going up the world. Okay, I'll stop there. All right. So <clears throat> Mark Twain is at this conference. You know, at this point, it is uh, much, this is based on his real life. He was kind of put in financial exile. Uh, and he left the United States and he was living in Europe. And they used to call him, I think, like their, their special guest or their honored guest because everybody was still kind of in love with Mark Twain at this point. So he gets it into his head with uh, his friend uh, Tesla, Nikola Tesla, you know, famous. I feel like Nikola Tesla is the most written about historical figure in comic books. Like, they're always like, oh, well, if we can't figure it out scientifically, we'll just say Tesla invented mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So he he and Tesla kind of crack a, a scheme where they're going to end warfare by uh, taking people out of the equation. And what they end up building is like a giant gestalt uh, robot. So think of like Voltron, but just made out of like Tesla diodes that you would see like in the most tropey Tesla picture ever. <laughs> and in New York... Everybody popping bees because kind of, of it. Right. Total bees. Um, and they kind of form the, the five fists of science. They're, gonna, they're going to change the world, peace in our time, uh, to quote Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. And across the ocean, kind of like the anti-five fists... You know, the five, what's the opposite of this? The five slapping hands of uh, science are kind of using similar technology to Tesla with the help of Edison. So that's another kind of thing where Edison and Tesla hated each other. So they're Tesla. Now it's uh, J.P. Morgan, Carnegie. They're all kind of like this evil. Marconi. uh, So think of the the anti-League of Gentlemen. So they're building this antenna called uh, Innsmouth. So if you guys ever read, you know, um, anything about Cthulhu, that whole mythology, that was the town where Cthulhu broke into, you know, this realm. And so the book is very fast paced. So I'm almost actually at the end. Um, They are able to using like arcane ritual with modern day. Right. Which the book itself doesn't really lend itself to magic so this was kind of i felt like the biggest leap in the book was this part somehow we're both uh synopsizing and giving our opinions at the same time this is not your father's paper keg you know slim is not here to rein us in uh and they are able to summon cthulhu through this high frequency antenna that they built and imagine uh, turn of the century scientist in a giant robot fighting a Cthulhu monster, and that's the climax of the book. You know, so, and that sets it up very nicely. You know, they're able to use science to kind of send the Cthulhu monster back through the void. Um, and in like a very Batman Begins scene, they're accused of being troublemakers and the robot being run rampant because no one, you know, no one, you know, will accept that there was a monster in New York. And the, um, the stinger at the end of the book is now Morgan has the recovered robot and they're going to disassemble it to try to figure out Tesla's technology. So it's the five fists of science. It's a very uh, creative book and your opinion, Dale, let's have it. This was a, back when I was first getting back into comics, I loved this book. 
I mean, it was just so, it was probably one of my first comics where I experienced uh, any sort of, you know, alternate history or, or fictional history in a way. And I loved it. I mean, I still, and I still love it for that. I think uh, Mark Twain is a great character in this book because he's such a, like a fast talker. And he's, even though he's the hero of the book, he still kind of has his own, uh, he's driven by his own greed and his own ambitions and he interacts with everyone else so well because he's such a wordsmith and he's so gifted in that way he's so smart that i think i i think it's a it's a fun book i don't think it needs much in the way of like explaining why these hyper rich like it it kind of it's kind of tropey right like these hyper rich are into these black magics. It's kind of tropey in a way, but it's, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a great premise. I think how there's these two sides to, uh, this good and evil kind of, uh, meeting in the middle by happenstance, you know, uh, Tesla and, uh, Mark Twain are going to sell it, sell these robots to the world powers. And eventually, you know, uh, the Ke- Carnegie and, and uh, J.P. Morgan catch wind of this big robot. And they're like, well, we need this. I mean, obviously, yeah. this is going to help us and our ambitions to start to take to finish what the Innsmouth Tower is going to start kind of thing. And um, the way Tesla and Twain, like, prove that they need a superhero kind of like a booster gold type thing like where they manufacture a villain <laughs> for the robot to fight to kind of like prove its pet worthiness to the people who you know the the eyes who have eyes on the uh, the ba- the epic battle and i think it's just funny i mean the five fists of science which is funny because tesla's apprentice has a prosthetic hand so like it's like Twain's yeah. words like we're we're the six fists of science and like uh, and the guy's like <clears throat> and he's like and he's like coughing the five into his fists of yeah and he's uh, we're the five fists of science it's uh, I think it's a great it's a great book it's a quick one hundred and sixteen page romp I, it feels like it never was even broken out into single issues right like yeah it, I don't think it would even the way we read it like I can't find a natural break in the story where it will lend itself. Mm-hmm. The single issues. Now, Dale, did this ever pick up in a volume two? No, this is it. This is it. Because, I mean, there's a pretty big cliffhanger at the mm-hmm. end that that you're like, oh, so now what is J.P. Morgan and Carnegie going to do, you know, with, like, with their robot? Because I really wanted to see, like, Tesla versus Edison robot fighting. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's a sentence I never thought I'd say in my life or that I'd actually have a desire to see. <laughs> But I mean, this book. I mean, Matt Fraction. Uh, you know, you know, internet darling Matt Fraction. He's just got incredible writing chops, and not only was I just immediately hooked by the history angle, because I'm like, I I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, Dan Carlin's hardcore history, and I just finished maybe a month ago his series on World War, World War One. Excuse me. So, like, as soon as it was like, wait a minute, I know this conference. This is a real thing that happened oh. in 
one of the key points in World War One. I'm like, I'm there, and I'm I'm reading a comic book where it's being described. I was like, I was super impressed, and then the way he writes everyone's voice, even when they're being goofy, I think is spot on. Like, I think we always see like a, a caricature of Samuel Clemens, mm-hmm. and this one kind of plays him straight and it kind of reveals how intelligent he is. I mean, I think one of the funny scenes of the book is um, at the climax of the uh, the robot is kind of like punching in the Innsmouth Tower and uh, Tesla and Twain are trying to um, get out of there while like the Baroness, we didn't even touch on her. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so she's piloting this thing. She's she's like a uh, a steampunk bat girl. You know, she kind of fights crime with all this uh, kind of steampunk technology, and they recruit her as the best hand-to-hand fighter to pilot the robot. So they're trying to escape uh, the tower, <laughs> and uh, Tesla's like, "Sam, wait, wait, run!" And Samuel Clemens like just stops. He's like, "So which is it, wait or run?" And in that moment, like the robot fists like comes crashing through the ceiling and you're like, that's so funny and cinematic. Like I, in the movie that is the five fists of science. Right. Yeah. I could, like hear people laughing out loud in the theater. Like, <laughs> and Matt Fraction. And I, I, I think I felt like that way, especially like uh, we always talk about his iron fist run. Like he just writes so cinematically. You could see the translation mm-hmm. like very clear from page to screen. And I, I think that's, like a newer art in the medium of comics, but he, if anything, he's the pioneer of that. I mean, it's it's so good. Yeah, it's it's. You're absolutely right. I mean, he just he had this vision of this great story with great lines. Whether it was going to be like this goes back to maybe it was always released as just a volume or a big story, but it was always just like his story that he wanted to tell in the time that he want, needed to take to tell it with the characters involved. And it's, was just, it's just a great read, well worth uh, checking out. I mean, by far, every time uh, uh, Marconi, Marconi's on the bad team, I guess, for as it were, the bad team. I keep trying to pin a name for them. Evil Fists. Evil, yeah, the Evil evil. The five slaps, five slaps, hands. but the uh, every time uh, somebody mentioned Marconi's name, I could not help but uh, sing Jefferson Starship's <laughs> the line from "We Built This City." Marconi <laughs> plays the mamba. Listen to the radio, man. I wish I, I thought for a second you were queuing that song up yeah, the way oh you were looking God, over your shoulder. I was trying, but. I was in airplane mode to try to save the sinking ship from uh, static on uh, dumb Behringer mics. And I mean, when you think about it, this show is already in a rowboat with an inch of water and Slim's the, the pail bailing us out. And without that, we're just sinking steadily. I mean, there's just nothing there. We're just going to get in our group text just a frowny face emoji with no explain, And we'll just know. That it's because this episode is such a train wreck. Last time, but, you know, uh, a little a little insider to that. Last time when Jonesy and I did a show together, we did it with Scotty Young, and I had forgot to record Scotty's audio. So the whole 
the best episode we've ever done was a wash and we had to trash trash the audio i mean i think we actually recorded over the the, our our own tracks to just do our second episode of the night at 2 a.m and that was the episode where dale just plays a funeral dirge Right. Uh, yeah. On the end line of his mixer and cries for like 30 minutes. And then I'm like, Dale, it'll be okay. He's like, You've just ruined it. You're ruining it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, that, that classic episode. So that episode, the morning after, it's like Slim's on vacation in Walt Disney World. It's like 6 30 a.m. And I get a text, I forgive you. I'm like, oh My God, he already <laughs> listened to the effing show. It's 6.30. He's running around the hotel. Yeah, of you know what he world. sent me? He sent me a screenshot of him unfollowing me on Twitter. That's what he <laughs> sent me. He said, you and I forgive you, and a you, I'm done with you. Thanks. But little did I know it was actually, it was not out of sympathy because he hadn't actually listened to the episode yet where I was ready to blow my brains out. It was just he knew about it because Scotty Young couldn't resist texting him after we recorded to tell him to, like, rat me out. Scotty giving up his best friend, Dale, and just throwing him under the proverbial bus. It's okay. So uh, next time we talk to Slim, maybe he'll forgive me this uh, other time, but... We built this city! There it is. Can we get to the Marconi part, you think? We built this city on rock and I mean, we got 30 minutes. I, I think the only person that isn't scrubbing this episode to get to the end is probably Karate Chop. He's the only one hanging in there with us. Get there, guys. I mean, it's a good song. You guys can't see this part, but uh, when they said Marconi plays the Mamba, Dale just got the biggest S greeting, S hitting grin on his face. He's not even paying attention to the show now. He could be behind a glass panel just dancing with himself. It took me probably an extra 20 minutes to read this book because the beat would just like, like as if I were playing it for a podcast, as soon as like I would see his face on the page, the slider in my brain would like slide up the, the tune. It's just it's just magic. That fraction employing Marconi in that fashion just for me. It, it felt like it was just magic. We don't really talk about the art, but I thought the art was I had never seen an artist that could like how do I want to put this? Like some of my fa- my favorite panels in the book are the giant robot under a tarp on a train. Just because uh, you know he's able to paint a landscape with such detail. And you got to figure these details are a train that's, I guess, from the, the camera's eye of the panel. 
is you know got to be a mile up in the air, and yet we still get this beautiful train. Each car detail, the robot underneath a tarp in detail. Yeah, yeah, and like so, there was no, there was no shortcuts in this art at all, and whether it be like making Samuel Clemens not look like Doctor Wiley. From Mega Man, <laughs> you know, and, he, oh, and he's like going out of your dude. way to like make him look legit. Dude, he looked amazing in this book. He did. His black as black as night mustache with his gray hair. He looked remarkable. And I just think, uh, and just phenomenal lines. Like there could be an artist edition of this book where all the coloring was stripped away. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it's probably there could be an artist edition where all the coloring is stripped away, and I would be just as you know gobsmacked as I was by the full colored edition. The art was so good. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It's like this real dark, dark like colors, but it matches the book so well. It matches the tone. But in a like, it matches the tone, but the book's funny. But the dark colors just like it works. It all works together, and it's uh, I don't know. It was a good, it, good collaboration here between uh, Matt Fraction and Steven Sanders. Uh, Mark oh, Twain, yeah, obviously that. my favorite, but the 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 huge robot is great. Uh, it's it, it's great. The Yeti and keep it prisoner in the Innsmouth Tower. It's uh. Fantastic, fantastic quick read. I highly recommend you check it out. Yeah, if you have like a half an hour and that's this is one of the books you've never read, you owe it to yourself to read it. Yeah, I think on Comicsology the price is only four ninety nine. I mean, for one hundred twenty pages, five bucks, yeah. and you're getting a non big two story that is so good. I'm just upset that there's no sequel. You kind of broke my heart when you told me they never came out with a volume two. Maybe the draft is still in a, you mm-hmm. know, fractions drawer somewhere. Yeah, he's probably, I bet you he's intending on uh, getting back to it. Like, you know, once he gets his, uh, goes through some of his other ideas and stuff. I'm going to, you know, I think I'm going to tweet him tomorrow. I'll tweet him tomorrow. I think he's never going to respond to he you, but I, won't. your gumption is, yeah. is the gas that keeps the car of paper cake Yeah, it's not going to stop yeah. me from tweeting him, but. Uh, no, it won't. Yes, I know he won't reply to me, but he might because yeah, me, he'd be like, "Oh, looks, there's somebody recently reading that." Okay, cool. But he let won't. me take your part of kimono and push it off your shoulders, <laughs> and uh, just let you know that you are one of the most polite celebrity tweeters yeah. that I've ever encountered. You know, some people just like tag a celebrity in for no reason and continue to ramble on about a subject that they're tweeting about. But, you know, Dale's just like, hey, you know, this is probably weird for you. Uh, Boo did this thing. Don't feel free not to respond. Okay. And then somehow he performs a, a short bow over Twitter. Right. I don't know and how he does it, it but too. He, you know, it, it just transmits with his message. It's the, uh, I mean, I don't know what it is. It's the internet celebrity in me, I guess. I think I just got that mm-hmm. on lock. Yeah. Um, we did. This would be where we transition gently to a letter segment, but we got a few letters. We're going to save the letter segment for, it's going to be probably an extra long letter segment when we do 
the next episode with Slim. It involves a lot of you guys supporting us for, uh, you know, for being the best people, the best listeners a podcast could have. So we're going to save all that for, you know, we get the band back together because it's been such a, uh, it's been two weeks now since we've had an official show with the three official founding members. So we'll get back. Well, you remember Nimity is a a founding member. I just, some schmell that came along halfway through. You follow the show Redcon. You know, if you're on the wiki. Yeah, if you if you follow, yeah, you're right. Namindy was there, and then she kind of bowed out, and you you showed up like a year or two ago. And Episode, like, 101, I feel like, could have been my first mm-hmm. episode. You know? Yep. I'm like the coach from uh, from New Girl. I was in the pilot, but then I never showed up to, like, season three. <laughs> yeah. And then I was written out of the show. I just come back for special episodes, you know? I'm like four episodes back, four out five episodes back on that show. So you're telling me he's coming Ooh, back. You're telling me he's coming spoiler, back for a special spoilers. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, I take that under under uh, advisement. Oops. Uh, I love this show. You know. Also, want to give a shout out to uh, the review review podcast. Mm. Uh, they just had a, a hundredth episode. Uh, you know, a bunch of guys and a young lady do that show. And, uh, you know, they were two kind guys. enough to play a little. Uh, two could be a bunch. I feel like two could be a bunch, you know, without getting all my crawl about it. So, you know, to that bunch, I say congratulations on 100 episodes. Yeah, check out their 100th episode show. It was a, it was a celebration of them. You know? We need to get around to do that. Maybe said maybe episode 300. Just be, we sit around and chew the fat. We'll just call it the flap 3.0. Yeah, it'd be a celebration of us. You know, we could we could have enough material. Maybe we don't remember anywhere material, so it's fine. No, like I think uh, T Max on that show uh, said that he wanted to do like a best of, where he wanted to do clips, and I instantly vomited because I thought about having to listen to even just a hundred hours of audio over again, trying to pick out one liners. Uh, So. You know, that's what you pay archivists for, and that's why archivists don't really. Uh, there's why there's no like such thing as an archivist anymore. I don't think because <laughs> we're moving into the age of um, of a media and technology where it's going to be all podcasts and and that kind of stuff. And archivists just going to have to plow through that. And when we have listeners who do it for free, they work through the back catalog as we speak. Probably yeah, intolerable. The first two hundred episodes were probably intolerable as a as a human race. I mean, like I feel like the first seventy episodes, I had such a foul mouth. <laughs> you know, I wasn't afraid to to speak terribly about someone's hard work in a comic book because I was such a j bag. <laughs> I guess not much has changed. I just, I just said j bag. So. <laughs> right, it's just a th- <laughs> this is a little throwback. You know, that's all that was. Just a deep pull, you know? Deep pull. So that's going to do it for us here at uh, Paper Keg, episode 251, the Five Fists of Science. Um, for Jonesy, my co-host, as well as I. See you guys later. Psych, come on, guys. Let's get to this. <laughs> Well, 
I'll see you guys next week. Uh, look out for one of those elusive show posts if and when we decide on a book club book for next time. People are just like, we just hope Slime's back on. You goofs. talk over all this this is the longest end song ever <laughs> here we go he usually has <laughs> some you know. I didn't do that by the way this is just my what do we doing this little snap over the so this is just me working breaking in the equipment <laughs> you know we're we're in the fireside. I feel like we're getting new mixers, guys. So, you know, Kimono is now off Dale's shoulders, down around his waist. Straped down you know, we're, sexually. We're, we're, our, our current mixers that we've had for the past uh, almost 200 episodes, 180 episodes, are finally giving up the ghost. So you'll see like weird edits where we get like a in the audio and it sounds like hot garbage. So... We do have new mixers. We're going to be troubleshooting them, breaking them in, yeah. and we will have uh, line failures like that one. Yeah, it just yeah, it the, just popped up and said couldn't load file. So that's classic Behringer board. Yeah, just taking a hot poop on you. Just, uh, Jonesy's cable. I mean, we spent the first half hour trying to record <clears throat> his cable. Just went bad all of a sudden. Yeah, I couldn't because we got the new mixer. And I'm like, it's not possible. That on the day I get a new mixer, that something fails. Like it just can't right. happen that way, right? It's too coincident. No, it totally did. You know, I had to go get my backup cable. So now I have no backup cable. So I hope this one lasts forever. Right. Because next time, like 100 episodes from now or whenever we do an in person episode, you're going to be like, oh, let me just grab my backup bag. There's going to be no cable in there when you're down here uh, mm-hmm. two and a half hours away from you. And we won't be able to and do a show. Some, we're going to have to like beat each other's lap and hold one mic. I mean, maybe I should not get a cable. Maybe so the scenario plays out. Just the way it is. So, is there any uh, hot comic topics you want to talk about? You want to talk about this Captain America Chibba Jabba everybody's mad about? Um, I don't. I, I haven't read it, so I don't have an opinion. I understand there's think- some heated opinions out there. <laughs> yeah. I also chose not to read just because as soon as something gets like that kind of like, I think some people think that draws readers to it. So people like want to feel the outrage. Mm-hmm. But as soon as that kind of stuff happens, I just generally ignore it. And like, it's best, it's best for your mental health. I mean, it's uh you know, you, you got to filter out all that white noise. It's sure. People can express their opinions and have them. But like, if you we're the type of people, that's just going to, kind of drive crazy probably because we're i don't know we're not i don't want to say sensible that's a mean thing to say but we just there's, there's a lot going on in our lives you know we don't need to be we don't need to read the comment section yeah to, to i feel, feel like, like we need to be a part of something i feel like if i have time to stop and be mad about a comic book then i should be doing like seven other things that need to be done in my life that I'm not doing that I have to, that I'm using this energy on that. And like, you know what? I don't 
want to discount anyone who is genuinely upset. I mean, like, if Captain America is your favorite superhero and you feel like the carpet's been pulled out from under you, I get it. Mm-hmm. Now, I totally get it. You know what I mean? People were upset when, you know, Jim Gordon got named the new Batman. You know, like, I get it. If, if like, you're the type of guy, you've got the Captain America tattoo and Captain America is somebody who inspires you. Maybe you're in the military and then, you know, this happens. You have every right to feel upset. I just feel like your energies could be best used not feeling that way. Mm-hmm. You know? That's a good point, Jonesy. I mean, uh, it's a very good point. Hell on Wheels. Have I, you watched I it, one. Jonesy? I watched the the first episode when it came out a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, Kalmini was like my favorite character. He was like, he plays the uh, the evil rail baron. But it was one of those things where oh, like, yeah. I don't, my wife and I tried to watch it together, and that's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's hard. Edit that, edit that huge yawn that got out of my throat before sure. I could stop it. Out Maybe of I will. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I totally won't. But sure. Um, I think it's on Netflix now, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix, and it's uh, pretty up to date. I think the only thing that's left there's seven more episodes. That's to air on AMC this summer, so that they're the only episodes that Netflix doesn't have. But of course, they won't be on until next year. But I just watched the pilot on the elliptical this morning, and it was good. I mean, I really like the premise, the uh, the, the backdrop, the scenery. Obviously, the the uh, the time that it's set in is all very interesting to me. I might continue on because it's it's like one of those sweet spot hour long network TV shows. So if I can start bumping up my elliptical to like 42 minutes every morning I could uh, I might be able to get that in for the next uh, good chunk of time there's yeah I feel like AMC's period shows are really good because have you ever watched Turn the uh, Washington Spies that's a really good too it's about the Culper Ring Mm. yeah the Washington Spy Unit from the Revolutionary War and that pilot episode is off the charts Mm. so I feel like I mean AMC doesn't put a a bad television show out yeah, they're there. And they have the they have the number one show on network and cable television combined in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine Bobby K is just lighting cigars with hundred dollar bills at this point. He's gotta be so wealthy. But yeah, I I think I would like to sit down and watch I, I gotta see if my wife is interested in just let me watch it on my own because I just don't wanna yeah. watch a whole show behind her back. But right. I think I think I really love the sh- like the struggle of the Native Americans in that show, because mm-hmm. like it opens your eyes, like because you know, like the Trail of Tears and and uh, reservations had not yet happened, so like it's like full on abuse of Native Americans in that show. Oh yeah, you know, just being conscripted, you know, going into towns, putting them in chains, and then taking them to the railways and say, "Build this." Yeah, so it's, it's bad news. Bad news bears. I mean, I'll check it out. I'm gonna have to, you know. It's piquing my interest just remembering it. So if anybody else is on your radar, I, I recommend checking out the first episode. It seems a, it seems a decent viewing. And uh, with that, I think we're going to say goodnight. So good night, guys. We'll see you uh, in a week. I feel bad. There's no like witty rejoinder that you can just use the hang-up noise on. It's just our stupid witty banter over and over again. <laughs> Check out our Patreon uh, page, patreon.com slash papercake. <laughs>